Jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. Right, mate, sin a bit. <laughs> I don't like you. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Slap, slap, slap. Les différents podcasts de frappe. Arsenal have been through that mile and a half of pipe like Andy Dufresne in the Shawshank Redemption where you have to see the light at the end of the tunnel. El podcast de golpe diferente. But Arsenal are going through their pipe, like I say. We'll be back. The Different Knock Podcast. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. Welcome back to What the Fuck is Going On, an Arsenal podcast with Alexander Moneypenny <laughs> and my very, very coffee friend, Bradley Adams. <coughs> <coughs> oh, mate, this hay fever, it's, it's ruining me. And every time I laugh now, I, I just seem to explode with either a sneeze or a cough. But we're here. Hello, friend. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. I'm very well. I'm just, I was actually, this morning I was trying to rack my brains to how much stuff happened this week and i feel like i'm missing everything i mean it was a fucking mental week absolutely out of nowhere out of nowhere nowhere absolutely mental um obviously kind of big news fabio vieira uh, coming to us and we will discuss all of this in in kind of uh, over the course of the podcast but fabio vieira enketi's new contract was announced uh, and he got the number 14 shirt Xhaka might be on his way out, Tielemans, Lissandra Martinez, Jesus. I mean, anything else? I've, I've Honestly, I, <laughs> Thursday, I think it was, it was like 31 degrees. Every time I checked my phone, that was like, oh, Arsenal have uh, made a bid for this person. Arsenal had a bid rejected. Uh, Arsenal are signing someone. Uh, it was absolutely wild. Yeah. And I live for it. It's, it's, oh, it's prime, you know. 2014 summer waiting for all the news to come in vibes like i'm this is this has been i think also because it's it's so surrounded by a wealth of positivity in that obviously everyone is itching for arsenal to get their targets but we're trending in the right direction for what feels like the first time in about four years yeah so all this business breeds excitement yeah also if if um if any of you want to link to somebody on twitter who seems to get a fucking hell of a lot right it's Grimes. You probably all already follow her. Let me just get her. She's at ES underscore Grimes, I think, but check. Yes, yeah. she, give she, it a check. She's, she's called so many deals. It's amazing. Like, she's on it about so many things. And um, yeah, give it give it a follow because she's smashing it right now. I think I think she said Aaron Hickey's a done deal. So who knows? And obviously these things take a while and they're not always announced straight away. I think on the Enketia announcement, it, there was a... Clearly, it was a draft that they put out on the 30th of May. That's when it was signed. So it was, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and also, I mean, two exciting things from what you just said, mate, is like, firstly, I, I know I spoke about sequencing like a couple of weeks ago, and I, and I do, I do, I'm, I'm always willing to wait for the right player. That is, that is my top priority. It's not ideal, but I'm always willing to wait. Secondary, so, so it's great that we're getting in those deals early. It feels like we're going to have sort of a stable of three, four players, perhaps even our top targets available for the first game of the season in preseason. And that's what we need. And that's going to be a huge benefit to us. So credit to the club. It may not have happened that way, but it is good that it is happening that way. Second thing, I don't know how you feel, but every player that comes out in terms of a new link, there's a sort of adjustment period where my eyes are going, okay, okay. And then the more I learn about them, the more I'm like, okay. Yes, makes sense. Lissandra Martinez, I'd heard of him. I'd heard of him. But I'm looking at his profile. I'm going five foot nine. I watch him play and I think, yep, yep. Left back cover, possible centre back cover, DM cover, so tight on the ball, great diagonals, literally. Amazing in the air. Great in the air. He wins like 75, 80% of his duels. Like he, he, he has a leap on him. He's a monster. Never knocked off the ball, really secure. And I think this is the thing, you know, obviously, the problem is, is every player signs, we go, they're really technically secure. It's like, well, yeah, if you're a top level footballer, you should be. But we're talking about at, relative to other players at the top level. His level of technique is is 
is superb. Um, and I'm looking at you, Tielemans, and I'm thinking, yeah, that left side, those balls into the box from the sort of half spaces. Fabio Vieira, I mean, l- let's come to him first. I think he's probably the place to start because he's the f- most sort of um, solid one. News broke Pedro Sepulveda on uh, Thursday. I uh, put out a video on him on the Different Rock YouTube channel yesterday. Overall impressions of the player. I mean, I'll come to you in a second, mate, but I think really nice makes a lot of sense could uh cover a number of positions but again I, I as i said i said in the video yesterday let's stop worrying about positions i think let's start worrying about zones let's start worrying about skills of the player and where they're best served and what can he do he's tight he's really really good in tight spaces he's got a lovely whip on him he's got a number of balls on him he's got the similar to Tielemans actually that ball in from the half space something Arteta's clearly trying to add to the team he's got nice drill balls into the box He's light on his feet. He's quick. Um, I've seen sort of people comparing him to Bernardo Silva and Phil Foden. Um, all the stats coming out just show an unbelievably progressive player. I think a stat came out the other day that was basically like he, at one point in the season, no player was assisting faster than him in Europe's top six leagues. And we have to adjust, of course, to the Premier League, uh, Premier League, sorry. Um, but I mean, his numbers are absolutely crazy in that league. I think he's in like the 99th percentile for basically everything like it's it's absolutely crazy the numbers on this he was scoring or assisting every 63 minutes yeah because the thing is is like there's a lot of appearances for those minutes but if you actually break it down and look at his minutes versus his output it's it's filthy and he i think he's he was before he's performing currently the premier league a goal or assist I think it's 1.15. I don't know what it is. It's, it's 1.15. Yes. And, and I worked out that Bruno Fernandes' best season at Sporting, 1.01. That's what I was going to say. So like, trending in that area. It's amazing. He looks like a sensational deal, covers a lot of places that we would need cover. You know, can play in the Erdegaard slot on, as the, kind of that right-sided eight, can you know, hop in for Saka if need be, has spent time on out on that right-hand side. Um, you know, for some reason, I get the vibe he could be a sensational false nine. I, yeah. don't, I don't know why. I think that that would be, a, like, I think he could really work well in those pockets. Absolutely. Um, but I think we have to, there's, there's some people that we have to thank, and that is uh, dear old Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> because if they hadn't made a bid for Luis Diaz, making Liverpool go out and buy Luis Diaz, Fabio Vieira wouldn't have then gotten the starts that he did post Diaz leaving, exploding, and then coming to the Arsenal. So Spurs have done it again. Arsene Wenger has done it again. Yeah, mate, I, <laughs> I, lo- I always love those types of tweets. It's like, back in 2014... When Spurs got Harry Redknapp to be their manager, um, there's a uh, Scott Willis, uh, as always, is unbelievable for data on on Twitter. O underscore that underscore crab on Twitter. I'm sure you know who he is. But progressive carries, pass into the final third, pass efficiency is unbelievable. I think he's 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 his radar is absolutely crazy, and it compares into Martin Erdegaard. And obviously, look, you know Erdegaard is in a, a, a tougher league, and um, you know it, we have to adjust for that. But he profiles very, very similarly to him. Um, uh, he's so press resistant. Um, I think he's... My one concern is his, his defensive contribution. I've seen him be knocked off the ball a couple of times. I think when the ball isn't under his feet, he's got that kind of Santi-esque, low, uh, quick-turning circle, low sensor of gravity. But he, when it's not under his feet, he can be knocked off it. But I think he he's, he's possibly... He's possible. It's possible he could go in a number of positions, as you say, wide playmaker out on the right as cover for Erdegaard or competition for Erdegaard, slot on that left eight, and possibly even go on go on the left hand side as a wide playmaker, or even as you say, as a false nine. And this is another thing I wanted to come to about him. Well, two things actually. Firstly, is the idea that this guy, I think, is the either the Portugal under twenty threes or the under twenty ones captain, Alba Sambilikonga, captain of Anderlecht when he played there. Martin Odegaard, captain of uh, Nor- the Norwegian national team. Ramsdale has a lot of leadership qualities, even if he's not um, necessarily a-, a captain somewhere. I-, I see a pattern emerging of Mikel signing a significant amount of 
leader leading type players or, or players with significant leadership qualities the porto fans that i've heard speak about fabio vieira say he he's very willing to learn i think i can't remember the name of the the coach but apparently he's a really difficult coach to conscious shower or something um apparently from what i've heard again this is sort of second hand information but really difficult to uh to um to 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 not pl- work hard under and supposedly he's he's always willing to learn second point other than the captain's thing if we're looking at expanding our squad the types of players like Fabio Vieira like Lissandro Martinez the players who can play in multiple positions are going to get minutes and then they're not sat in the tracksuit half the season and when they come in they can come in and do a proper job because they've got enough minutes in the season they provide competition it's like I've always said don't sign backups sign players who can push your first 11 who can be there and helpfully can play in a number of positions because then you have not only a number of options, but you have a number of players who can come in at any drop of a hat and have a number of opportunities and pathways and they can get minutes. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. And, you know, even some of the concrete links that we've seen to certain players, uh, I'm pretty sure Zin- is Zinchenko, the Ukra- is he the Ukraine captain? I think he might be, yeah. I think he might be. Let me check that. You know, fact check. Check that. Because I might just be making that up to to suit the story. But I think that that definitely is a quality that we're looking for. Yarmolenko. Um, oh, it's Yarmolenko. You fit your biased agenda, Brad. Wrong. <laughs> it's the liberal work media agenda. Um, yeah, because one of the big issues that we had this season is when we did bring players in, they were cold. You know, I, I remember bringing Sambi back in. Um, for a game where we stuck Xhaka at left back, expected him to be the lone pivot perfectly. And he performed all right, but he performed like a man who hadn't played football in four months. And especially now with Europe, and especially with a lot of holes in the squad, this is a this is turning into a real transformative window for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been, I've been looking at, at, if we did get all of our targets for this squad, you know, you're talking about only maybe needing one or two more faces for it to be what you would consider a complete 25. And when we did our, you know, who's in our 25, that became a very difficult conversation. And we were having to throw in youngsters left, right and centre. We were having to give real consideration to the fact that there's possibly nine to 10 open slots over the next two windows to fill. In, In this window, we could fill all but two of them. You know, and that's that's transformative work by the club. It really is, and I think that we always compare ourselves to Liverpool, don't we? But you know, we 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 want that type of transformation. But I think in the way Liverpool had a sort of Van Dyke Allison summer, I think ours might be an actual a squad thing. I think actually the game slightly moved on even since what was it, twenty seventeen eighteen. Um, but you know, it's it's the squad thing. And I think having that, I keep banging that drum, but having that first eighteen nineteen players all of whom are significantly involved in most games, whether you come on as a sub, whether you start in the Europa League, whether you get minutes as a starter, whatever, you know, whatever it is, you're involved. And there's only a few of those players who don't, you know, who don't play, who might not play one game week and then might play the next. You're looking at a really healthy balance. And this is why I think the window is actually so exciting and why I compare it to the Liverpool thing is because actually we're we're filling up the holes in our squad with quality that's going to grow. I don't think we're going to do that sort of Van Dyke 75 million signing. I think what we're doing is looking at the sort of the bit before that where they did the kind of Mane, Salah, Firmino's, the sort of 25-year-old-ish players for about 30 million. Obviously, that's kind of inflated slightly, you know, the sort of uh, the Tielemans type deals, the Jesus type deals that we're probably going to do. Or hopefully going to do and allow them to grow and and filling in the squad around them it's going to be that thing that takes us to that next level in that same way um and it's really exciting mate it's really exciting and 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 i think the club deserve a lot of credit because there's a very easy if you look down the road there is a very easy way of going look there's quality out there there's an Ivan Perisic, who's 340 years old. There's a Eve Basuma with a sexual assault case hanging over his head. We don't care. We just want the we just want the best top quality, and we want you know names. Basically, Fabio Vieira is not a name. He's not a name on people's lips in the Premier League. Lissandro Martinez, you know, people, you know, nerds on Twitter and people like us know, but he's not a name. No. And Lissandro Martinez is not a name. What this indicates is we've done some proper scouting. 
And of course, you know, we mm-hmm. expect the club to do that, of course. But, you know, I'm the reason I'm comparing them to Conte, Basuma's in the league. Um, Jed Spence is the league below and, and he's a name in England. Ivan Perisic has worked with Conte before. All of the, the names that they're linked with feel like very obvious deals. Do you see what I mean? I'm not saying they're bad players. It just feels like we're really clear about what we want. And then we're going out and yes. fitting in targets exactly who they need to be from wherever they, they come from. I appreciate maybe Bissouma, Perisic and Spence and whoever else they're getting are the guys. But, you know, they're also looking at another Inter Milan centre-back. And I'm like, is it Conte's old mates coming in, trying to get him a win-now policy? It feels a little bit like it is. And I think with oh, Arsenal, I don't feel that, which is really exciting. Of course, they 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 got in they got in Conte, you know, Kade and Son are pushing thirty, and they've decided to try and win a major trophy now, which is understandable because the end of the Tottenham Hotspur experiment is is you know is finalising. Like Kane and Son have two years at the top level left, maybe three if 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 Spurs are lucky, and Conte will be there for maybe another twelve to eighteen months. Before he, you know, before his wig flies off and his head explodes and he flaps his wings off into the sun, <laughs> like Icarus, um, you know, they're they're having they're having to do that. And I think that you know some of the signings for them are are decent signings. Jed Spence looks like a decent signing, and if you're a wing back, you're going to go and play under Antonio Conte, probably the king of improving wing backs. But we had a chat about this during the week. Sometimes the obvious deals, even if they're good deals, aren't the deals to do because they don't make sense. Basuma is obviously a great player. And when we were in that 4-2-3-1 and looking for a partner to party to replace Xhaka, I was his biggest fan and I thought he'd be great for us. But we have evolved and we've moved past needing that now. And you have to look at what the player brings us rather than what the deal brings us. It, this isn't football manager where you sign every cheap player that you physically can and then you can sell them two seasons later for 70 mil. He's going to eat up real wages, a real squad place, and it, he's not the profile of player that, that we need. Could we do with a midfielder who is a good presser and has some good defensive numbers? Of course we do. But they need to be technically proficient at the top level. And that is the most important thing. And his passing range is not that good. Um, And it is a great sight to see that we, we're doing deals that, that seem smart from the player rather than from the financial sense. You know, I'm not looking at Fabio Vieira going, oh, we've picked up a massive bargain. I'm looking at going, oh, we it looks like we've picked up a great profile for a decent fee. He'll be on low wages and that will help us grow more than bringing in a 34-year-old Ivan Perisic for two years on 180k a week. Yeah. Yeah, look, the, the Spurs comparison is is simply to... Wait, 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 wait. A player who also... Ivan Perisic was loaned out of Inter Milan by Antonio Conte because he didn't think he was good enough to play wing-back. He was loaned to Bayern Munich. Like... It is the history. It is the history. Look, the Spurs comparison is simply to make the point that it's smart recruitment. If, if it, it has all the trappings of smart recruitment. Ultimately, <clears throat> until they're in the shirt, we don't know. Until they're in the show, we don't know. Until until we see the league table 20, 30 games in, we, we can't see how 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 this is going. But every as I said at the beginning, every single player you, you look at and you go, ah, okay, he fills a hole. He fills a hole. He gives us more options. He gives us a different a different energy, a different um um a different just different options, but ultimately has basic principles within every single player. Very good on the ball. Hold, we're, we're signing players who are going to keep and retain the ball, retain and regain, retain and regain every single time, get the ball back quickly, high up the pitch if, if possible, and knock it around them and break them down. And we're getting players in different options, for example, Fabio Vieira and Tielemans, those balls in from the half spaces, we haven't had that. Jesus' movement, something we haven't had. Eddie Nketiah, sort of all-round striker, something we, we've only recently managed to get. It's new dynamics to this team. That's what's exciting. That's what's exciting. And I think the biggest thing for me, you know, people immediately, of course, go, well, what is he? What is he? You know, is he a midfielder? Is he, is he a winger? The Jamie O'Hara's of the world go, well, I just don't know what he is. Fucking Carve, whatever his name is. 
you know, they're going, I don't know what it is. And we have to change that mentality. We have to, because it's not how modern football, it's not how anyone in the game properly thinks about players. They think, what is their skill set? What are they good at? And you, it's pretty obvious from, from from watching him what he's good at. He's you know, and you can liken him to Santi or Bernardo or Phil or whatever whatever it is. Phil, so I know him. You know, you can liken him to those players. You and like then, Phil, and then go, where is that best? I said this in the video. If there's a technically suspect fullback, stick him on him. If there's a a lot of pressing in the midfield, stick him in there. He's press resistant. If there's a low block, I'd drop in slightly further back and getting whip, whipping balls into the box. You know. There is a number of ways that we can utilize players, and we and we have to start thinking about how sk- skill sets work. And this is completing mm-hmm. another part of the squad that we just haven't had, you know. And there was a quote from um, about to say Arsene, um, <laughs> the Freudian. There was a quote from Arteta saying uh, something along the lines of, you know, the Rizitskis, the the Ramseys, the Wilshers, the Kazolas. We used to the have Arshavans. the Arshavans. We used to have an abundance of these players and we, we don't anymore. Another element to this that I'd love to just explore with you quickly is the involvement of George Mendes. I think Arsenal fans are a little bit burned by the the feeling that the likes of Kia Jarabchian um, and those types of sort of intermediaries, the Nicola Pepe type deal, the Raul Sanyehi murkiness, do you know what I mean, of, of sort of two or three years ago means that we don't want to be dealing with these super agents. However, and I'm going to invoke the Conjecture Claxon brand. Warning, Conjecture ahead. It's back. It's back. I don't know this, but I wonder whether we would have had to pay the release clause of Fabio Vieira without George Mendes's involvement. I don't know that, but I, I would be, I would suspect it maybe. It would be, it would be a decent probability. And unfortunately, with the passing of Mina Rola, which is incredibly sad, and and condolences to you know everyone around him, and this is not this is not a comment on the guy himself. It's just incredibly sad, and this and this sounds a little bit mercenary. But with his passing, I wonder who is the kind of the super agent now? Who is the super agent? It's probably George Mendes. Probably. Yeah. So so I'm going okay. If we're not being played by these guys. If we if we're not if we're managing to to keep those those situations healthy, I don't think it's a bad thing to have those contacts. Do you see what I mean? It's not you know in the no, same way not. In, in the same way that you you know you have those people like in your phone book. Who you're like I know one day I might like I, you're not my mate, but I know that there might be a situation where we can mutually benefit each other. Do you, do you see what I mean? Yes. It's, it's like we're not friends, yes. but I can we can mutually and that is a good thing. We can literally mutually benefit each other. We don't have to be mates. We don't have to be you know, in, in cahoots with each other, but we can we can benefit each other. And I hope that's what's going on with Mendes, unless we're being played. Absolutely. And I think it the problem with Kia Jarabshian and the problem with um Raul Sanyehi versus what seems to be happening now. Made is a dolphin noise though. How much how much the club uses them versus how much they use the club. It seemed like Kia Jarabshian was shipping off every single client he physically could to Arsenal to receive a big payday and then move on. And that's what you don't want. You want to be able to go have these connections with this agent, be like, I'm interested in Fabio Vieira or I'm interested in Ruben Neves or whatever Portuguese star George Mendes is touting out next. And you, you... use them to help you strike up a deal and if we're moving past the the idea of you know having these certain leeches able to just flood the club then it's a positive because you are like if you want the best players in the world or you want the next upcoming best players in the world you are likely to have to deal with some of these intermediaries because that's that's why they're in the game to be part of those deals and to make money so as long as we use them in a way that is positive to arsenal that's that's a real positive that we're making those connections because it's the reason we missed out on angola Kante is that we didn't want to pay his agents something like five or ten million pounds which obviously upon hindsight and him looking like one of the best midfielders in the last 15 20 years we look silly but if we can start to 
to garner those links to every super agent and use them for what they're worth, that is a really good positive thing for the club. Yeah, and on on the Kante thing, like, and I'm sure there's a hundred other examples of that happening, and a hundred other examples of it, you know, not paying not paying the agent fees and 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 feeling you know good for it. So you know, it, it can work both ways. But as you say, it's having the option. It's having the option to be able to do that. Um, and you know, you look look at the top deals. You know, you're not telling me that Alfie Holland, Erling Holland, Minerola all those guys we're not talking about where Erling is going to go in 2020 2021 we're 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 having conversations where where is the next move i'm sure he's already plotting his next move and the intermediaries are probably you know within a couple of months going to start being like hey you know but we're probably going to want a new contract by this point you know we're setting a date you know the reason intermediaries work for players is because they get them the best deal and of course they of course they are um they're, they're they're you know taking a lot of a lot of money of course they are but ultimately they benefit the clubs because they have the years of the players and they benefit the players because they get the best deals so that's the reason the intermediaries are growing you know it's it's a ben- it's beneficial on both sides as much as it's you know i sort of morally feel like you know i wish it wasn't that way but fine um yeah i just think it's an interesting part of the deal I don't know George Mendes very well. I watched him in a documentary about Ronaldo and he came across quite well, but you know, anyone can pull it off for 10 minutes, right? So um, we should move on. We pull it off for an hour every week. Exactly. When we finish recording, me and Brad, me and Brad are like, right, mate, sin a bit. <laughs> I don't like you. That's exactly what happens. Jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. Eddie, Daniel and Ketia, George and Ketia, Edwards. It's oh, like, I don't know. What's his name? He's Ghanaian. I don't think it's going to be Daniel or George. Edward Kedar. Why did I think he was called Eddie, George and Ketia? Probably my anglicised, colonialised view, isn't it? Of the right. white man. Um, yeah, I think... Um, where should we start with this? <laughs> The 14 shirt. Do you care? I can, may I? May I? We gave William Gallas the 10. We've, we've given, like, it doesn't, it's a shirt. It, the only time that the 14 would have been good is maybe in negotiations next season if we're looking to bring in a superstar. And we can go, look, you can wear the iconic number 14 on shirt. Would they care? But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. To a degree, I think they do. I think certain players do, and that's why you've seen certain players, you know, have to give up the sh- give up shirt numbers over the last however many years. You know, Martial had to give up the number nine at United for Ibra because he because certain players will have certain wants, needs, or demands. Like the reason that they haven't announced Erling Haaland's shirt number yet is they're probably looking to shift Gabby Jesus first so they can get the number nine free. Um. But the sh- a shirt number is a shirt number. We gave Galas the ten. What other stupid ones have we had? Um, well, elsewhere we've had thirty three. Well, I think Chesney had the one at that point, or maybe someone else did. But um, do you remember? Was it Wilfred Bonny two and Samueletto four? Oh yeah. my fucking god, they were horrendous. In terms of Arsenal, um, I wasn't a fan of Torreira eleven. But yeah, look, it, it, yeah. You know, whatever. It, like, it, I get it's a number. My only thing is it's symbolic. So as much as people say it's just a number, I do. I think that's slightly ignoring some context because it is a, it is an iconic number at Arsenal. We've of had course. we've had some very very good strikers um, and Theo Walcott playing that number fourteen shirt. Nah, that's harsh on Walker. He's actually a really good player. Um, I just think it's symbolic in some sense. And look, you know, for for Eddie and Ketia, I tweeted this out yesterday. 
released at 16, happens to find a new club, works his way through, you know, seven years in and out. I think, has he gone alone? Oh, yeah, he went alone to, to to Leeds. I'm not sure if he's gone on another loan, but, you know, he's been in and out. There's a question mark over him. People are always saying, oh, you know, this might be his year, this might be his year. At the very last moment, last opportunity, he comes in, <clears throat> nearly gets his top four, scores two at the bridge, scored, you know, he's on an unbelievable hot streak and is looking really, really good. I keep flip-flopping on this issue and I'm I'm really still in the middle. I, I, I don't know. I think, I guess, only the proof is in the pudding. And I promise I won't be like, yeah, I told you, Eddie should say, I don't know. I don't know. But so I'm happy for him because of his story and getting the 14 and getting a new contract at Arsenal. That is a hail end dream. Do you know what I mean? Like fucking hell. Congrats to him. And he's a childhood. He's a childhood fan at Arsenal. Oh, everyone's even a childhood he was, he was, fan of Arsenal. No, 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 no. But as in, even though he was, he, he went through Chelsea's youth academy, there's literally pictures of him as like a six year old kid in the classic O2 Arsenal shirt. Like he is a fan of Arsenal. So he's grown up. picture of me in a Spain shirt, mate. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, if you just look at that and look at the context of, okay, so he obviously, some of his family had an affinity to Arsenal to put him in that shirt. And he must have had one to, you know, when I was 10 or eight years old, you wouldn't have found me in a Spurs shirt. I'd have spat on it. Um, Yes, you would as well. (laughs) I probably fucking would as well. Shut up, mum. Um, dickhead. <laughs> um, so for him to then go and be given the the trust to wear the number 14, it must be massive for him, for one. And you have to look at the people who are doing this. Mikel obviously thinks he's good enough and trusted enough to give him that shirt and a new five-year contract. And it was probably just part of the negotiations to get him to sign. We'll give you this iconic number, which it maybe shouldn't have been because it is symbolic. And, you know, like I've said, I was I was very much on the release camp side of things because I think he's just as likely to be Joe Willock when it comes to output as anyone else. But he signed the contract now. He's been given the number. What is your bitching and moaning and just being a cunt about it? Do any, what does it do? As in like all of these people that are abusing him on on Twitter yeah. or or like abs like at the end of the day, it's done. And who else coming in was gonna take the number no, no, this I, season? I, I, I do get I do get that. I do get that. I just I think fans are allowed to have an opinion. Do you know what I mean? An abuse, no. Oh like, yeah. Get in the bin. Like don't don't literally comment on the Instagram stuff, but you are allowed to have an opinion. I just think from an Arsenal I think it perspective, puts too much pressure on him. Well, yeah, that's possibly an element as well. But I, I, I'm like, it might be the last time we can pull the 14 card. Just see what it, just see what I mean. Like, I, I think the next Eddie Nketiah might just be like, well, it's whatever. But I, I see its value. It is just a number. If it's helped us do the business we want to do, great. I just think the symbolism of it for me is a little bit like. Did we want to do that? Like it's it's a bit like it's a bit. It feels a little bit cheap to me, I guess. Unless he unless he becomes what is, the next guy, and and I'm I yeah. would be buzzing to be wrong, buzzing. I would be buzzing. I'm an Arsenal fan. I would be happy, 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 happy for Eddie Nketiah to be as good as Henri. He won't be, but you know, nearly as good as Henri. So great, but I just it feels a little bit like carrot stick. Do you see what I mean? What yeah? What it feels like Thomas. is we were we didn't check peace. We Sorry. didn't realize it, it feels like we weren't going to extend him until the last five six games of the season, and it felt like that's what earned him a new contract. Really, even though he'd had some improved performances before that, I feel like that was the final kind of nail in the let's give him a new contract coffin. And by that point, he had us over a barrel because his contract was um, was running out in less than two months, and. If we really wanted to keep him, he he could demand that he gets that shirt. You know, it becomes it becomes about negotiation. And whether I think, you know, I think it's too much pressure too soon. And I think that like you say, it it if it if he flops and he is the next Joe Willock and he's wearing this iconic number, that's that's not good for Arsenal. But it's now time to 
just see what happens and support the lad because he looks like a much improved player. And you know what? You could go on to have a decent season next season. Okay, he might not set the world on light. And then in two years, we might sell him. You know, we might decide that he's not 100% of what we want and, and move him on and we're, we'll be in that situation. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's, there is a lot of overreaction. I think that's another thing with Arsenal fans where we basically don't think we could sell anyone. <laughs> well, like, well, we're giving him a four or five year deal, so he'll be here that whole time. And I think it's absolutely correct that, you know, if Nketiah has another decent season, he'll still be, is it a four year deal or three or a five year deal? Five, five, five. 2027. Fucking hell. He must have, re- he must have wanted to stay, you know. It, that also is really important to note because what the club have tended to do in the last few years is give out four years plus one rather than five-year deals. They've been giving out four-year deals with an extension of a year that they can trigger. That's been a real trend of the last few contracts. Um, yeah. You know, you think that Holding's got a plus one in his deal, so does Ramsdale, so does Tommy Asu. Yeah. Um it, it's becoming part of the way that we we do our business. So the fact that we have handed him this five years is probably something that he has asked for, a guaranteed five years. But it doesn't mean that we can't sell him. Yeah. Well, Even exactly, if we accept yeah. you know, five, 10 million quid from him. Yeah. And I, I probably would have said to Eddie, well, I mean, you know, it depends how the negotiations went, but if he was 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 um, unwilling to re-enter negotiations, for example, I, I might have said, look, sign a three-year deal, we'll stick a release clause in there. We'll get thirty million for you next summer if we if we if needs be. You know, I think I I always feel with the with the academy players, it's a good thing that we we're signing them up because there's there's pathways. You know, for every academy player, that's another player who's got a big contract at Arsenal, big number at Arsenal. You're looking up, you're going in Ketia, Saka, Smith Rowe. You're looking at Marcelo Flores. You're seeing pathways, and it's great for the sort of 14, 15 year olds who are there right now. So and and older as well, but it sort of motivates them. Um. I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm still, I'm still just a bit like, oh. but, but, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to be wrong. And as you say, we can sell him. It's not, you know, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. If he has a decent season, we can get twenty, twenty-five million for him. And ultimately, I think with the academy players, we could say to them, look, you stay with us another year. You'd still only be twenty-four. We'd actually get some money for you. We think we could maneuver you a better deal, basically, if you stayed another year here, because we'll give you enough minutes. You know, maybe, for example, this summer he would have got a free transfer. Who's going to pay him 100k? Brighton? West Everyone. Ham? Mm-hmm. Anyone? Anyone? I'm not sure they are, mate. I don't know what their wage structures Most are. Most English I'm not, clubs. But I'm, I'm, I don't think a Brighton or West, for me personally, I don't think a Brighton or West, or West Ham are going to pay him 100k. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, but he's a free agent. They're not having to pay a fee. So it, it, the difficulty becomes with this kind of stuff is... You can't look at almost existing wage budgets or what they're spending on players because the negotiation is all in the hands of the player. They're going, you're not having to pay a transfer fee for me, so you will compensate me for that. If you look at other clubs, you have to look at the players that they have brought in on a free transfer rather than the players that they've bought and then put on a wage. I am I am very confident in saying that he could have got, you know, 80 to 100k a week at a, at a couple of other clubs. And also, apparently, this 100k a week nonsense is including his signing on bonus. So, apparently it's not even 100k a week. Well, I'm looking I'm looking at the two clubs. I'm looking at two clubs that I think he possibly could have gone to. He would have been Bright, Brighton's highest earner by significant so actually, well, Adam Lallana is is 34 and he's on his way out, but he's on 90k. Then the next next down is Neil Mope on 50k. And I think the problem with the problem with giving Maybe someone giving someone hundred k, and it's not about necessarily giving them the, the number. It's about what the players around then go. Okay, well, if he's on hundred k, what am I asking for in my next negotiation? So I don't think he's getting hundred k. You know, um, Southampton similar situation. Theo, I think Theo Walcott's going. He's their highest earner on seventy five k. Next down is Oriel Romeo on sixty five k. All according to Spot Rack. We don't know this, and as you say, hundred k is you know it's all speculation, isn't it? If, if we wanted to go down that path, we could say we don't know anything, but. I, I just think I, I'm not sure where he'd get 100k elsewhere. So I'm sure it was an incentive for him to sign. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I feel unsatisfied by the deal, but that doesn't mean it's a bad deal. I don't know. We'll see. If if it's if it's 100k, but that 100k includes his signing on bonus and he's actually earning 70, 
80k a week that's fine that's not because you'll be able to shift him to a West Ham who or a Brighton because what we have to remember as well is Brighton have had real struggles struggles real troubles with their strikers you know underperforming not being able to score and if Eddie scores 10 Premier 10 12 Premier League goals this season and we decide actually the way that football is trending is we need to now get a real physical number nine to complement Gabby Jesus. Let's look to move on Enketia this season or next season. We could easily go to Brighton and say 20 million quid and they'd put him on 80k a week, 90k a week because they need to, because they need to eventually find a solution to their yeah. centre forward problem. West Ham, Antonio is aging out. They will need to find the new centre forward for them. The same with lots of other clubs. The only problem is, is obviously we'd then be selling the number 14 again. And, and another, like it, it creates a bit of instability. But it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not that deep. It really isn't that yeah. deep. And it probably benefits the club. Either, either in the sense that he's a great player and he's exactly right for us. Or he's average and we get a decent season out of him. And we sell him or what do you know what I mean? It was, you, on, when someone's on a five-year deal, you hold the cards. So it's, I think it, it benefits us in, in the long run anyway. Right. We've only got 20 minutes left and we need to <laughs> get through some of this. Rattle um, through. Tielemans, there was a report from Rob Dorsett in, uh, from Sky saying we cooled our interest, but then Fabrizio, Romano, Ornstein, a couple of others saying that's not happening. A lot of people reminiscing on the Ramsdale situation where apparently we cooled our interest, which was a negotiation technique. I don't know. I think we've said this summer already that, um, who is it, Richard Garlick supposedly put out the Madison News last summer as a kind of smokescreen for the war chest. But, you know, but as a, as a sort of negotiation tactic. <laughs> all right. Um, as a sort of negotiation tax, <laughs> tactic. I don't know. I like the idea of Tielemans. Um I have a few concerns. I don't think he he's as robust as I'd like him to be. I think he's the goal threat that we want and his attacking numbers are great but I just keep feeling like there's some maybe if Granite Jack is staying we're okay because we have that slightly more robust sort of diesel engine bit of a strong man kind of player but if he goes I'm looking at our midfield and I'm feeling like it's not lightweight as such because you know players are good and ultimately I'd prefer technical quality over everything but I do think there's is there a player other than Tielemans who provides us a bit more strength there? I don't know. Um, yeah, what's your take on Tielemans? Um, I think it depends what you mean by robust as to to what. It depends what kind of, you know, we're, we're, we're going to hopefully be a team who in 85% of the games this season is going to dominate the ball. So we're going to need more Tielemans and more... Erdegaard players, especially over the course of the future, than we are Jackers. Um, Jackers' defensive numbers have never been crazy high. They've been good, but they've never been ridiculous. And if we're looking to be more of a pressing team to defend rather than sit in a mid block, which I think we'll see this season, you can teach... I think we'll see PPDA go down. Yeah, I, definitely. And, but I think you can teach T Lemons to press. You know, look at Liverpool. They're, they taught all of their players to press. And if it, it if you put them in a structure, I think it's can, obvious the profiles can, that we're, yeah. It, yeah. And it, 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 I think it's obvious what we're looking at and looking for. Um, and I think when I, the only robust term that I think when I think Granite Xhaka is the fact that he never gets injured. It's not that he's physically dominant. It's not that he, you know, uh, battles well for every ball. He's strong in the tackle and he is a he's a sort of presence that I think people I don't see Jacques spun. See what I mean? Partly because he doesn't challenge, but like you see what I mean? He's someone who provides a sort of aura and a presence and people don't want to go up against him. And I just worry that we're filling our midfield a little bit if Partey goes with lovely little technicians and we're back in the sort of oh you know, eleven twelve situation where we've got a load of lovely midfielders and no one who's really who's really holding on, anchoring us physically. See what I mean? Uh, yeah, we'll have party and we'll have Sambi. I just don't think that, I think that what we're looking for from that, 
those two forward eights isn't that physical presence. And and the reason that probably some players don't want to go up against Xhaka is he might, you know, throw a ridiculous challenge in and they might want to get injured rather than, you know, anything else. Um, I'm not too worried about that. I'm really not because I think that we're going to be looking to pass around teams way more than we are going to look to battle them in the midfield. So I I don't think that's going to be a major, major issue. On Tielemans himself, you know, he's a decent player. And um, a player that I, when he was going from Monaco to, to Leicester, I was I was really thinking, why on earth aren't we moving for him? Wasn't it? But Was it, was it Monaco? There was Anderlecht. No, he went from Anderlecht to Monaco, I think, and then Monaco to... Yes, you're right. Sorry. Sorry. That's right. Um, you know, but that's... I, th- I think he's a good player and obviously offers a lot of what we want. And in Fabio Vieira and in Yuri Tiedemans, we then have two midfielders who are way more of a goal threat than a, than um, than we've got, than we've had for a long time. But one thing I will say, I think if we are looking to press... With with the talent that we had before we signed Fabio Vieira and Tiedemans, we Hang had on. to do way more work. <laughs> Slow to <re> down. <laughs> work to 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 restructure our midfield to be like combative battlers than we did to just make them efficient pressers. And so you're looking at the best way for Arsenal to defend moving forward is pressing. It is definitely pressing. So get fit midfielders who can do amazing things on the ball and teach them to press if they haven't had to press before. And that will be the best result that I think Arsenal, that's the best avenue we can go down when it comes to our defensive work. And then rely on some solidity and strength from Party, from Gabriel, from Tommy Asu, from, you know, Lissandro Martinez, if he comes in. I don't, I'm not worried. Yeah. I, and 95% of me is like, yeah, best way to do it is, is press from the front. Best way to do it is regain and retain. Best way to do it is to is to pass around them, get through them you know, be able to to sort of control a game so you don't need to spend too much time defending. It's just I have I have images of this the kind of Brentford games, the Palace games, you know, we're away at Palace first game of the season and I'm just I just don't want to see us bullied. I don't want to see us bullied. And as much as, you know, I, I can imagine, you know, Fabio Vieira and Erdegaard and party midfield and it looks great or Tielemans or whatever couple of those drop out or 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 even just with that midfield itself if they're not on it and they've got some you know some kiates in the midfield or they've got a they've got a scott mctominay pushing you off the ball i just if you can't hold on to it and they're coming onto you and you're not you're not on your game i just wonder whether we have that sort of it's a real cliche but a sort of you know a midfield general but so, someone you know someone with the technical quality who can come on um like a Fabinho, see what I mean? Like, a, like I'm not, you know, a very, very technically good player. I'm not saying, you know, we don't need to get some kind of clod hopping, you know, six foot four monster. I'm just saying someone who who has a bit more of a sort of wall energy about him. Um, hmm. we'll, we'll see, we'll see. It's one to watch, and I think I think within a pressing structure, you can teach basically anyone to, you know, if you look at the way I test it, presses, the, the pressing triggers are very, very clear players you know one person presses everyone blocks off the lanes it's it's really nicely structured so i don't worry about that i think it's just time on the time on the training ground for for telemans that doesn't really concern me just physically i'm looking out for that but we we shall see we should move on uh two brazilians we should discuss uh jesus and Rafinha, as i'm reliably informed it's pronounced jesus looks like it's getting done all the reporting is saying we're close. Uh, again, ES underscore Grimes says it's says it's done. She gets quite a lot right. Um, I think it's ES Globo, a Brazilian uh, out, um, paper saying it's basically done. There was a Brazilian journalist who met him and, and apparently said it's done. So there's a lot of the kind of pre-Ornstein, Fabio, uh, Fabio, Fabrizio Romano type confirmations um, that we're getting. All the people before the tap-in merchants pop essentially, up who yeah. actually report this stuff. Essentially. So, yeah. Look, Jesus, I think, will get done. And I think at some point we'll do a proper sort of deep dive onto him and how how he plays. I mean, it's, it's a very exciting signing. Giving him that number nine, um, someone who's coming into that prime has something to prove. Someone who's spent time in England. He's a, you know, he's a 
he's a champion. He is. Uh, he's trying to get in that Brazil squad. I think he will really, really hit the ground running. I, I, I feel, I feel a real tenacity about him when he plays that that is is extremely mm. exciting. And I, I, I just keep seeing clips of people like De Bruyne feeding him from the house base or Mares cutting a ball back to him, or whatever. And I'm just like, as we're City light, he might just <clears throat> fit straight in. So that's really exciting. On the Hafinha thing. Uh, I'm not crazy about the player. I don't know how you feel. He he's a bit sucker esque, and if we got Fabio Vieira, I guess it depends what happens with Pepe. I I don't think this is happening because uh, uh, Romano tweeted a few hours ago that uh, a deal has been agreed with Barcelona, something like 55 million euros. The personal terms is all done. It's just based on whether they can get players out. And I think because we're in a situation where we need to get Pepe, I think we need to get Pepe out to see any sort of winger come in Mm. this season. I think we need one. I think we need to get rid of Pepe and bring somebody in. I don't think it will be Rafinha. Um, But the one thing that I would say is that he gives you good verse. He can play both left and right. So having Saka, Gabby Martinelli and Rafinha to play right wing, left wing, you know, you've got three solid options mm. for both flanks there. Um, but I, I don't think this will happen, unfortunately. And I think that there are other targets that we could move for if we wanted to. Mm. Yeah, I I remember I just, he was really petulant in that game where we played them at the end of the season. And I appreciate, you know, it was, it was they were getting absolutely run over, Leeds looked like they were going down. You know, there's a lot of sort of extenuating circumstances, but I do... I don't know. I don't like a player who's sort of heads drop, playing blames other players. You know, as, as good as he is, and I, I agree. I don't think this is one is going to happen. I think this could be a, I think this could be an agent talk one. Um, could be something fed by the club. It could, could be anything. I don't know. I don't. I just don't love the player, and I can't. In the same way that I look at Lissandro Martinez, I look at Jesus, I look at Tielemans, I look at Vieira, and I go, yep, yeah. Rafinha, Rafinha. I don't know. I, I, I think he. I, I, good player no no doubt but it just doesn't feel like doesn't feel right and in a way that maybe that's that's all we can I can work off it just doesn't feel like he doesn't feel like an Arsenal player it doesn't feel like someone we're going to drop 55 60 million on um, when we have such talent on the wings it, it would feel like a very strange move to me um, I, I feel like what I would say is I'm blocking pathways of uh, significant players on the wings in the academy who are good, who are good players too yeah Absolutely. What I would say is if he is going to Barca and they need to make some sales to bring him in, maybe go and look at if there's any wingers at Barca, you know, that that maybe suit what we want to do and that they're going to be desperate to sell. So you might be able to get a decent price on Ansu them. Fatty guy. He might, he might come to us. Um, but other than that, I think we need we do need a winger, but it's going to it's going to that's that's going to be a deal predicated on sales and who we can get out come the end of the window. Because if we, you know, Nick, if we can't get Pepe out, he's on 140k a week and he barely plays. Why are we going to, we're not going to invest heavily in another winger until he's gone. So let's, and that's, that's a real shame because we should have sold him last summer. If we were going to sell him coming off the back of a 10 goal in the league season, his best season in an Arsenal shirt, the time was to move him on. And we didn't, which was, silly of us but maybe there were just not enough suitors so hopefully we can get him gone this summer and bring in some reinforcements but I don't think it'll be Rafinha it's like we planned it last bit Brad I just wanted to talk to you about that basically you know how we see the window panning out caveat as always we don't know (laughs) we're working off rumours in in everything we're working off hearsay we're working off reporting and a lot, hell, a hell of a lot of vibes. So you know, I, I, I'm always conscious of that, and always conscious of of being aware that we are we're working with a lot of conjecture. However, it looks as though <clears throat> it looks as though we are within a couple of weeks, possibly by the beginning of July, we might have the Vieira, the Jesus, and the Tielemans deal sealed up. That looks like it might happen. And even the Lissandro Martinez deal. I don't think we're going to be bidding for players up front this amount of money this early in the window without 
trying to secure them. See what I mean? I don't, I don't see why we'd put in a bid 30 million for Lissandro Martinez and then wait two months, basically, more than two and a half months to get him in on deadline day, you know, for 35 million. You know, I, I, don't, I don't understand why we do that. So I think those four feel like possible. And, you know, it's fucking Arsenal, man. I mean, who knows? We could pop up next week and sign Rafa Varane. I mean, literally, who knows? Imagine if that, imagine if that happens. Um, so I feel as though we're trying to get those targets in early. Then what do you see panning out? Because like like you, I think you said a couple of weeks ago, I feel as though we're then going to start looking at sales properly and start shipping players around, trying to get the likes of Pepe, Berrien, Torreira, um, Pablo Mari out, um, possibly even Cedric, depending on what happens. You know, depends. Depends also depends obviously on the incomes. If there's any extras, even an Aaron Hickey, what what happens there? Um, but yeah, I'm thinking that will that will happen before we maybe get a couple more in. <clears throat> Possibly a winger. Depends on the future. Reese Nelson, Balogun. You see what I mean? I think there's a lot of there's a lot more subjectivity once we get sort of maybe maybe into July. And I think we could see some very interesting moves happening. What what's your take on that? Uh, my, I think we'll see the Vieira deal to get done, the Tielemans deal get done, and the Jesus deal get done. I think those three and Hickey. If I think the one thing that's stopping Hickey is we're going to want to get a decent loan move for Tavares before we bring in another left back. Because say, for example, we can't get a promising loan move for Tavares. We'll probably be more inclined to keep him around and see if he can improve on on last year because in spells he did well he definitely has a profile that with some refinement could could be great for us and I don't which and and if we're bringing in Lissandro Martinez we might say okay we've got Tierney we've got Martinez who can cover out there and I could imagine Martinez yeah, are, we then, are we then getting Hickey plus those two see what I mean well, I think that Tierney's on his last legs at the club. I do. I really have a suspicion that, that next summer he's he's not going to be unround unless he has a monster season. So I can see us getting the Marti- uh, And a, There's also been a, a report that just popped up on my Twitter um, from about an hour ago about that we, we bid 30 million euros, Ajax 135. Both parties are willing to do the deal. So that I reckon we'll get, we'll get Tielemans. We've done Vieira. We'll get Jesus. And we'll get Martinez. And Hickey will be dependent on as if and when we loan Torreira out. Because if we... Uh, not Torreira, Tavares. If we can't get Tavares out, we'll just keep him, let him develop. And we'll have Martinez as the cover for left back. And have him roll into the three. And maybe push Tommy Asu further forward. Because he's got a good delivery. Um, and then I think, like you say, everything will become based on not only sales, but promising deals that become available. In Fabio Vieira, you have somebody that can understudy the right wing, could probably also understudy the left wing. And Play anywhere, mate. I mean, we've also got, yeah, we've also got Jesus who can drop into that right channel. We've got Smith Rowe who can pop up in that left channel. We've got really promising youngsters like Nelson and Marcelo Flores who could be a youth option in that forward group. I think that deals that need to get done are going to get done. Deals like Martinez, because he will cover DM where we've needed some cover. He'll cover centre-back where if, you know, Gabriel gets injured, we obviously want a lefty there, needs to get covered. And he can cover left-back. You know, Tierney's injuries have been a massive problem. Uh, Vieira can cover probably false nine, the right wing, the left wing, and at centre-mid. And then Tielemans as another midfield option. But everything else will be based on what becomes available and who we can get out the door. Unless we sell Pepe, we are not going to bring in another winger. And unless we make significant sales, I don't see us bringing in anyone other than those. I'm just trying to get the the kind of the jigsaw in my head. And a couple of things you said I, I'm not sold on. I don't see us getting into Sandro Mart- Martinez and Hickey. Because I think T- I do if Tavares goes, if Tavares goes on loan. But then we've got three left backs. But he's not just a left back. He'll pick up minutes at left back, at DM, and at centre back. Mm, 
and Hickey can play right back as well. It's really tricky because I, I think a lot with a lot of these, they do like, for example, there's places where just, we're just objectively short in quality and that's up front midfield. Um, just no, not in quality, just numbers, just pure number wise. That is, that is center forward. And that is the midfield and possibly the right wing, but center forward Jesus, I think Jesus comes in and doesn't basically just fills in gaps straight away. Vieira comes in and fills in a certain gaps that we have in the squad. hundred percent. Tielemans on, I'm starting to be like, but then starting to be like, okay, does Xhaka go? Lissandro Martinez comes in. Okay, does Tavares go out? No, do you see what I mean? I think I think the, the the Vieira and the Jesus deals are like, bang on, don't need to sell anyone, get them in, bosh. Tielemans, I think, will ha- happen, as I say, and, and Lissandro Martinez, I think, will happen as well. I just think the knock-on effect of those two things might be bigger than we anticipate for Xhaka, for, you know, we've, we've signed El Nenny to an extra year. So why are we doing that if we anticipated Lissandro Martinez was going to come in a DM? Because then that's Partey, Sambi, El Nenny, Lissandro Martinez. You see what I mean? It's a lot of players. So I don't know. <laughs> Guys, it may shock you to to hear that I don't know what Arsenal are going to do in the window, but I just, I, I see a, the jigsaw. I don't understand why we'd extend... El Nenny to bring in Martinez. Uh, well, you know, bring in Martinez as a DM. So, no, but I think he as a as a sort of left sided yeah. centre back or as a as a, le- a left back. I can see Lissandro Martinez happening as a sort of LCB LB and Tavares going out, and then I'm like, would Hickey come in? And maybe unless we're going to get rid of Tierney, I I I just no. I just think that the jigsaw will be affected by those types of players. Do you see what I mean? Yes. Um... And it also depends where we see Fabio Vieira. Like, for example, if we can't get in another winger, we may see his future for the next 12 months playing in those zones. And then we go, oh, okay. So we've got only Erdegaard and Xhaka, again, as those central midfield options. Yeah. So I can I could see a Tielemans come in and have Tielemans, Erdegaard, Xhaka, being those central midfielders, Saka, Martinelli, Vieira being the wing options and then having certain youngsters fill in and, f- and fill out. The the one that looks a bit like a, a, like a chess game and who's going to fit in where is Martinez at left back, centre back or DM because there's there's cogs in the way that don't make sense. You know, having already three players who we want to play at six yeah. with Sambi Party and El Nenny, having Tierney and Tavares at left back and having three centre backs already who are of very good quality, you start to go, well, where in the in the whole in the, you know, tapestry of Arsenal does this guy fit in? But it's I think it's an everywhere job. There's a lot of games this season. 60 plus if we get deep into Europa so there's going to be a lot of minutes to go around and maybe we don't get Hickey if Martinez comes in mm. yeah yeah I, I, I my mind is at a place where I'm I'm yes yeah, as I say starting to think about that jigsaw on going I don't know I really don't know and also because I because I know we've bid for Lissandro Martinez that then goes okay so we're we're, yeah. we're literally trying to get him in. So we at least are trying to get more left-back cover. Tavares, you know, DM, does it mean, you know, it's, it's a knock-on effect. And if we don't need, you know, so-and-so at DM, are they going? Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's it's a real, there's a lot of a jigsaw happening. And I think it could spell the end for some players. And I, I don't know, I think my T&E agenda is working. <laughs> I annoy so. I don't think he goes this. Summer. I annoy so many people on Twitter with my Tierney agenda. So my favourite ones are when look. You can disagree with what I think about Tierney. That's fine. However, two things. Firstly, people never actually respond to what I say. I'm like, it doesn't work tactically and injuries. Blah, blah, blah. They just go, yeah, but he's a great player. And I'm like, yep, didn't say he wasn't. I'm just saying there's issues. You want to respond to those or no? And the second thing is when people go. I'm not even reading this because you said Tierney is, uh, is, is, it should go. And I'm like, so you haven't read my opinion, but you think it's wrong. Makes sense. Um, it's, I think there's a real, I said this in a recent video. If you can come to me with a genuine reason why Tierney is perfect for the system and not say the phrases fights for the badge, 
gives it all for the club, passion, 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 spelled P-E-S-H-U-N, fine. Let's have a conversation. I just don't think he is. So I wonder whether he's on his way out this this summer. I, I wonder whether Arteta's just gone, it's not worth it. It's not worth having. I. The only thing is, is I would start to consider where he goes. There's not, there doesn't seem to be a club desperate for a left back. United. And the one, yeah, maybe, but the one club that he's been linked to in Madrid wouldn't be able to sign him yet because of the, oh wait, no. Oh yeah, they would because it's EU contract. He's Scottish. Oh yeah. So fine. Oh, it would be, yeah. So maybe Madrid, maybe they could come in for him. But listen, if we got an offer of 50 million quid, go for it and and get in Hickey and Martinez and you've got two decent quality left backs and get Tavares on loan. And if Tavares goes on loan to say Atalanta, because we still do play this elbow kind of shaped defence, this lopsided system where our left back pushes on a bit more than our right back. Tavares might be perfect for that. So if he goes out to a, a Gasparini system and his attacking verve explodes he could come back in next season and do great for us but that it's, it's all going to be a wait and see thing unless we get a monster offer which i don't see happening after the injuries of last season for me there's not a lot of point doing it by the way i'm i'm not sure on the scottish rules i say that i don't i don't actually know what the rules are it's eu passports okay, okay. it's nothing to do with scot does scotland have eu passports do Did with, they leave the eu with us or no oh wait no they did they did. Yes, they would have. So they wouldn't have EU passports anymore. Fuck. We're, we're clueless, mate. <laughs> Absolutely clueless. Yeah, so no, they'll have to they'll have to get Vinny Jr. or somebody to take a Spanish passport. Uh, and I don't think anyone of their three non-EU players is available to do that until kind of nearer the end of the summer. So apologies to any Scottish listeners. We're uh we're just clueless. Apologies. Right, Bradley. Absolute shambles. We've got to finish there. Um very exciting. What a crazy week. So much to discuss, so much to to think about and and uh, and and develop moving forward. Uh, I'm very excited to see what happens in the next couple of weeks. I think the next couple of weeks we'll start to see some confirmations. And by the way, just a final thing. The Eves Basuma tweet from Spurs got about 50,000 likes announcing his uh, his arrival and the Marquinhos deal a 19-year-old from Sao Paulo got about 100,000 from Arsenal. There's only one team in North London, and they're red. Pleasure as always, Brad. Pleasure's mine, my friend. Thanks as always for listening. Keep it different, Knock, and we will see you later. Peace. Right, Brad, we're done. I, I hate you. <laughs> you dickhead. Dickhead. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com, find us on Twitter at DiffKnock, and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks. Podcast Network.